All right, so uh, this is the latest on leadership with Matt Childers, uh, Allen Lyme Leadership Executive Director, visiting with Mike Swick. He's the President and CEO of Lima Memorial Health System and uh, a proud member of the Allen Lima Leadership. He was in my class, the class of 2001. Mike, welcome this morning. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Matt. Great, great to be with you. Uh, let's talk a little leadership. Um, tell me a little bit about what your early years were like. Well, I think when you first started out growing up here in Lima, since I'm a Lima boy, born and raised here and stuff, it was kind of one of those, you had great experiences. It was a great opportunity. Um, I look at the first jobs. My first job was delivering the Lima newspaper. So mm. we all, I think when growing up here, knew that that was the first one. And my second big opportunity was working for my uncle at the Dairy Queen. Mm, so yeah, that was know that well. The one on Allentown Road. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the, the neat experience and stuff. But I think it, it really formulated for me being in a service organization, learning how to deal with service issues makes a huge difference. I think when you think about where we are now and where we were in the past, we're all about service. Yeah. That's what it matters. Yeah. So you got some of those experiences early. Uh, it was uh, Jerry Mentor, if I don't, yep, re- if I recall. Yep. Um, he, uh, my, he and my dad were good friends. Yeah. And then my dad, he encouraged my dad to, to buy the Dairy Queen in Wapakoneta. Yep. Uh, so coming out of the, the Dairy Queen and the Lima News, um, Tell me a little bit about your parents and the role that they played in your world. Oh, they were, they still are, and they were very formidable in terms of the work ethic. They defined it for us. It's kind of one of those that you, uh, you get a hold of your bootstraps, pick it up, and you get the work done. Yeah. Nose to the grindstone type stuff. And that's when my dad would have two jobs. He worked at Ford. He worked at Lima Lumber. He was, he always had something going on. He built every house we ever lived in. Mm. So it's kind of one of those neat Impressive. things. And so my mom always working and stuff. I think they were they were also good to a level conservative risk takers. And by that meeting, they started the Dairy King on Elm Street. Yeah. Just turned a Texaco gas station into an ice cream stand. Yeah. So that was my dad and mom's vision. And we got to get down there and help do all the electrical and everything else. So that was our experience. Right. Going on. But that's kind of where my dad saw that this is my next step when I retire. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And then he's been able to pass it on to my brothers. So and that, that's 40 right. some years ago, yeah. right? Easily. So what a vision. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, before you went to college, did you have an idea what you wanted to do professionally? No. <laughs> I, I, I laugh at that. It's like one of those going out of uh, high school, Lima Central Catholic. It was one of those. What I decided was I thought engineering might be my thing. Mm. Civil engineering. I don't know why. I think yeah. you take those placement tests and they come up with an idea on right. here's where you should go. And so I ended up going to Ohio Northern. I spent a semester in the College of Engineering and then realized that was not for me. So I thought maybe it was time to make a change. And actually the one that influenced me on the change was my the tennis coach at Ohio Northern mm. because it was one of those. He wanted to make sure that I was going to be playing spring quarters. <laughs> so it was one of those, <laughs> you need to move over to the College of Business. So that's yeah. what I did. I moved over to the College of Business and uh, the rest was history there. But it was uh, uh, Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. was the one that really... Uh, was involved with that one in terms of making that move. Yeah, expand on that a little bit. Uh, give, give me some uh, thoughts on uh, athletics and uh, the coaches that influenced you. I think from little on, I think you learned the coaches. Team Being part of a team was important. I played basketball all the way through my freshman year of high school and stuff, but then I uh, tennis was our – we were a tennis family, yeah, so it was always tennis. Sure so it was kind of one of those that's, that's all we did type stuff. So, right. But I think it, tennis helped bring out the individual in you because you know what it's just you and the other opponent on the court there's nobody right. else and back then you weren't allowed to coach like you can now in between 
changeovers or anything else and stuff. But I, I think you built a character for me, my brother and sister in terms of that, the independence and stuff. You were on your own type stuff, but yeah. uh, carried through to college. I played college at Ohio Northern and stuff, so it was. Um, I still play now, so it's yeah. kind of one of those it carries with you. But I think it's good memories when you go back. My, uh, I laughed. My mom um, was cleaning out the house and stuff, and she said, "Well, here's all your tennis trophies from when you were little." And we're like, "We don't want them." And she's like, well, "What do you mean you don't want them?" Yeah. So don't you remember all that? You earned them. I yeah, know, right. It's like so we took them and donated them. But it's kind of that. That's when cool. you're that age, it's kind of fun and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I just remember growing up, uh, and, and tennis was a niche sport back yeah. then, uh, and it I probably see. still is, but. The thing that I remember most was the Swicks and the Bruins. Right. Those were the two families in on the yep. western side of Lima that yep. really competed for all of the, you know, the titles and all of the the uh, the tennis championships yep. in Lima. We laughed at LCC and stuff. There were times when there were the seven members of the team that played were Swick and Bruin. That's it. So yeah. It kind of the, yeah. Bruin Swick, Bruin Swick, and my sister actually played on the uh, the boys team for a number of years. I remember that the girl team. So. Well, you know, we uh, I, I sit on that uh, athletic wall of fame mm-hmm. committee that she went into as a Hall of Fame yeah. member, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. The stories about that are really really yeah. cool. But I do remember that as a young yeah. person. You know, there was you know there was Jimmy Connors, John McEnroe, Bjorn Borg, and there oh, were yeah. the Swicks and the Bruins. That was the big. That was it. It was big back then, and we we really enjoyed doing it and stuff. And I always joke, Eric Jensen was our coach. Yeah. At, at oh yeah, EJ. He had no uh, idea about no. tennis. He no. just would drive us to the event. Yeah. And go out on the court. I remember him talking at one of the banquets. This is when I was in, in high school at LCC. Yeah. That he would always call it the uh, positive mental attitude. He always had that was so maybe he was able to at least frame it in that. But you're yeah. right, the chemistry teacher and yeah. he enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. No, he was great with that one. And I think the other thing what tennis did is it really put through to you. You've got to figure out how to change your game how to think through the process and that was I think that was very instrumental and I think in what we were able to do but as we said tennis was one of those things but academics has always been a bigger one when you start to look at that and especially with my kids they had to play they they would you ask them now and stuff through high school they played at LCC and stuff Um, too but it was like as they will say they were never given a choice right like we have to play tennis and yeah my daughter I always tell with that when I laugh she was a good volleyball player at St. Charles and stuff. And then she went up to high school and the volleyball coach is like, hey, Ashley's coming. And she's like, I can't. And she said, what do you mean I can't? Oh, yeah. It's the same tennis. season as tennis. Yeah. What do you mean? You you can't play volleyball? No, I'm, I have to play basketball. Yeah. I have to play tennis. Part of the DNA. Yeah, that was part of the DNA. Yeah. And it, it worked well for them as well. But yeah. they all knew, too, academics will take you further. But sports is something that you build lifelong friends. I'm yeah. still good friends with Bill Bruin, who's in yeah. St. Louis and stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, well said, well said. Okay, so uh, you go from ONU and business. Uh, why healthcare for Mike Swick? Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting journey. I went up to Bowling Green and, and got my MBA. As I tell my kids, it was uh, I was fortunate with my parents. They helped pay for college. So it was got through Ohio Northern. Wasn't sure I wanted to go into the workforce yet, so I made an excuse that maybe getting an MBA would be a good thing. So yeah. I was able to <laughs> convince them of that. Went up to Bowling Green, got my MBA. And from there, and most people don't believe this now, but back in high school, and I was more of a wallflower. So it was kind of one mm-hmm. of those stand on the sidelines, don't be observed, that kind of yeah. stuff. And um, went out and I said, you know what, I need to really get in a position where I can actually force myself to do a better job of communicating. Because long term, that's what leadership's about, it's communicating. So I took a job with NCR corporations mm. selling computers and healthcare, of all things. Now, wow. 
think about that. NCR yeah. Healthcare? Yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Right. So did that for like four or five years and then ended up um, moving over to one of my big customers, was, which was Toledo Hospital. So yeah. that's how I got in the healthcare in terms of that. And so then moved up through the ranks I forgot there. about that, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. was up there at Toledo Hospital. I said before, till this job here and stuff, I was like on a five-year mm-hmm. career path. Not yeah. planned. Yeah. It just happened to be. But I think part of the leadership is, I've always learned, is you need to develop your replacement. Mm. You have to have the confidence that you got to be prepared for that next step because I've seen individuals who want to take that next step, but the company's too worried about how good they are at what they're doing now. Yeah. And am I going to risk that to go here? So I was very fortunate in each of the moves and stuff that I was able to uh, take that opportunity to... Uh, make that move yeah very good very good and then at Toledo Hospital the good news is that's where I met my lovely wife so yeah for? she worked that, in IT as well at the time is that right so well that's fantastic yeah I forgot about your step in, in Toledo yeah yeah as I went to the University of Toledo so um, give our audience a sense of the future of the healthcare world and I know that can be a big chunk, but uh, from your lens, what, yeah. what are you seeing today? I think the big thing I see is really one of those is we have to figure out as a country and stuff how we make people more accountable for their health care. And I think it's kind of a we promote wellness, we try to do the health screenings, those type of things. But if individuals don't take responsibility for it, that becomes our biggest challenge. And I, I see the disconnect with, you know, when people say, well, one insurance for all or whatever medicare for all it's like it's not the issue of the health insurance it's the issue of the cost of taking care of people and i always use the example with health insurance and stuff if you think about it you choose your own car insurance you choose your life insurance you don't choose your own health insurance Mm. so you're not connected to it you're not on the hook for it type stuff because your employer provides it so it's kind of one of those well i'm entitled to it therefore and this day and age everybody wants a pill Mm. Well, I'm I'm sick. Give me a pill to fix it. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's kind of that whole thing. But I think that's where you're going to see a lot more pressure because we are, you know, one of the higher cost in terms of everybody. I always tell them here and stuff. We have to be very careful because people are going to not be able to afford us at some point. Yeah, and that's going to be how do we do that? But it still goes back to wellness, wellness, and it's kind of there. People do a lot of wellness programs. I know we do too. The challenge with the wellness programs is is that. You don't have the people long enough to make an impact or get them to buy into it. Yeah. I mean, we, we here at the hospital, we provide a free Y membership to all our, uh, all our associates. Mm. Um, only 60% of them take advantage of it right now. Wow. So it's like, how do we engage people to do more of that in terms of what we've got? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that'll be the challenge across the country when you think about the cost. It's going to be everyone's going to be cost prohibitive. You see with the high deductibles and stuff now. Sure. People are avoiding care, and then it becomes catastrophic care. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard thing. And then people are living longer. I mean, yeah. My parents are both 88 now, so it's kind of one wow. of those right. longevity-wise and stuff. They've been in good health, but with that comes all the other challenges. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um all right, what, uh, what advice would you give college grads on leading in the 21st century? I think it's you have to be in a position of not believing that, well, I want to be the VP right now. <laughs> You're going to have to really pay your dues, but mm-hmm. also put your nose to the grindstone and work hard to, do, to get where you need to get. Um, I think I've always been an advocate from a leadership standpoint, an individual. You have to have goals 
but you need to write the goals down. Yeah. If you don't write them down, they won't get done. Right. And that's kind of the reality of where we're at. And it's like when people say, well, how'd you get to this position? I always say dumb luck because it was one of those, I didn't plan to be here. I yeah. just knew every five years, well, here's an opportunity, here's an opportunity. And I had someone to take me back, take the other position. Yeah. Oh, here's an opportunity. And that's how I got down here 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's really well said. I think said. with the new ones, it's really making sure, like you said, that they that you have the resume, you have that, but you're going to have to get the experience. And not to be, not not to be discouraged if you're not the vice president in right. in two years, right? Yeah, or in two months. Do you see that with the, the this this? And I don't know if it's the millennial generation or if it's uh, even the, uh, the heels of the generation prior to that, uh, do you see that as, as an obstacle for them? I think it's, it's a double-edged sword. I think they're in a good position because they want a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I have, as the generation we are, the older ones, we've yeah. got to adapt to that because we probably didn't have it as much as what they want. Right. So it's not a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah. It's like one of those that... I always tell people with time management, you can take a time management class and this and that, but the bottom line is you just got to work till the job gets done. Yeah. I said, I always joke, people, I think, get under pressure when they time management. Well, I have to get it done between 8 and 5. Yeah. Well, it may take more than 8 to 5 to do it sometimes. Right. Sometimes. Not every time. But right. It's gonna, so that's kind of where I see it is that um, that work-life balance. I, I look at some of our physicians and stuff. They do the work of three physicians in mm. terms of, but they're... That's all they do, which yeah. I'm not advocates the right thing to do. So when we look at the down the road replacing them, we're going to need three to replace yeah. one. Yeah, and there aren't three of them out there. Right. So that's going to be our biggest challenge. But I think it's not that they don't have the work ethic; they do. But they, I mean, I have three kids in their twenties. I know, you know, they have the work ethic and stuff. But it's like I was probably more consumed with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's well said. Uh, all right. So when you think about hiring for executive level positions. How do you hire for those positions? I always start, obviously, the qualifications have to be there, the degree or whatever expected is written in the job description and stuff. I spend more time making sure there's a match, and match meaning a personality in terms of attitude and approach. I mean, our vision statement here at Lyme Memorial is quality care and a family atmosphere, so we need to make sure there's people that are connected that way. Um, my leadership style is more hands-off mm-hmm. type of you know, run with your stuff. I'm there to remove obstacles. Yeah. I'm not going to micromanage you. Right. I've had some managers that micromanage. Mm-hmm. I don't work that way. I don't, right. I think that's just, I agree. I always joke. It's like, if you're going to micromanage me, then you don't need me. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Make time on that and stuff. But I think yeah. that's kind of where I, I see the differences that you just got to have a, the different style, but the person has got to have the right personality, the right attitude. Um, and it's going to fit in well. I mean, that's kind of, I think you got to make sure it's the right fit. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think I invite people coming out. You got to make sure you're the right fit and make sure you're not going to change your personality. You just got to figure out, does your personality fit with the group? Sure. Sure. Expanding on that just a little bit. What, what do you look for when making bets on the people that you invest in? Attitude is probably first in terms of, are they, do they have a positive attitude? Are they going to? Do they share the vision of where we see it going? Um, I use the term around here a lot. We have renters and we have owners. Mm. We need more owners than renters. Yeah. Now, obviously, as a not-for-profit, you can't own it, but you can 
feel like you own it. Yeah, you can own your you can yeah. own your department or right. your own your. Well, you can own when you're out in the public and everyone else. I'd tell them you're our biggest marketing people. Yeah. Well, where would you get healthcare? I wouldn't go anywhere but Lima Memorial. Yeah. That's yeah. an owner. A renter yeah. is. I got my paycheck. Thank you. I yeah. Did a good job while I was here. Now yeah. I'm going out there and. Yeah. And leave it that way. I love so, that. Yeah, renters versus owners. Yes, and that's kind of where I think you got to really as, a, as an individual starting out. And I think what you have to be is flexible enough that you don't say, well, here's my career path, and that's the only path I'm going to take. Yeah. Because I didn't do that. As I said, five years here and there, it's like I started out in IT yeah. at Toledo Hospital, then I went over to financial services, then I started their physician corporation. But it was only because I would shown my track record that I could do yeah. a good job as I moved forward. And then I went from there, then I became down here to Lima. Yeah. So it was like, it wasn't planned. It was just one of those, over time, it's like, well, here's the next opportunity. Right. Here's the next opportunity. Right. No, so. very good. Was there a web uh, in the leadership at Lima Memorial at one point? Uh, was it Terry Webb's brother? Um, uh, was there a Kevin? Kevin Webb used to work here. Kevin Webb. Yeah, Kevin Webb was an LCC grad. He that's, played tennis. Yeah. Yeah. He's up yeah. at Promedica right now. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He actually worked. Speaking of hard work, he he worked for the Sawyers, which were a few houses down from us, and they had gardeners in the summer. Mm-hmm. They owned a construction company called Green and Sawyer, and they employed three or four or five people that came to their garden, yeah. you know, every week and did their gardening and. Uh, yeah, and I just remember he was he was yep. a really good guy, and then he I kind of remember that that connection from yep. here in Toledo. Yep, so. he was here, and then we kind of crossed on seventy five. I was coming down here, and he went up there. Okay, so it was kind of a cross that way. Yeah, so. and I think the other thing is I look for somebody that's got the right work ethic, and part of that is you like to look at their resume and say what have they what have they done. In other words, I go back to our kids between in sports isn't the only thing in academics, but it's like you got to keep them busy. Yeah, with kids, and that's what you want to see on the resume is what have you done. And I think the other one is, as you get older, I think you have a social responsibility to the community. Hmm. And I see that waning a lot with the new ones because it's like I'd rather be home. I'd rather be here, but it's like sometimes you got to give up your time. If it's the United Way, if yeah. it's any of those other you know agencies and stuff, you've got to give of your time as well. Yeah, you can't can't forget that. Well said. Well said. Um, what recent leadership lessons can you share? I think as, as you've gone through it, it's, it's really making sure that you do your due diligence when you hire people. Because I've had, you know, I've had the good ones. I've had the not so good ones. Mm-hmm. And sometimes getting a second or third opinion is important. Yeah. Because sometimes it's one of those. I'm probably notorious for doing a five or ten minute interview and saying, yeah, this is the one, versus them saying, wait a second, they were in the group thing and it didn't go well. Well, why not? Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. So I've, I've done that a couple of times. And a couple of times I've hired, even though they didn't think it was the right one, and lo and behold, they were right. Yeah. So. Do you do any uh, prelim testing for uh, different uh, departments? Yeah, depending on the, the job and the position and stuff, they do a little bit of that. In yeah. Terms of they did... I won't say personality testing, yeah. but it's that profiling, testing, profiling yeah. a little bit yeah. to kind of go through that. Uh, one of them I've always believed in, but I, um, our HR department says it's a no-no and stuff. Is I truly believe when you bring people in in a management level or whatever else, and you give them a budget of mm. five million dollars yeah. to run and stuff, I'd really like to know how they run their own personal finance. Yeah, yeah, because right, 
because we always say, well, spend money like you would spend money at home. Well, at home they may spend. That's fair. Yeah, very fair. They don't know. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, but it's kind of one of those. They always HR's like, that's a no, no. You can't do a credit check on them. I, said, I, well, I just, I'm not gonna not hire them because of it, but I just need to know what other training do they need then to keep them in uh, line because. Yeah. If they don't have a budget, because I've always lived with a budget and stuff. And Correct. My, my yeah. kids do, and I'm sure I ruined them with that, but that's kind of a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we used to uh, utilize uh, at, the, uh, at the media company that I was with mm-hmm. uh, 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 an old Gallup uh, offsh- offs- uh, offset that was called Conexa. Mm-hmm. And really what it was was it was just, it was doing that. It wasn't about, uh, it was kind of a, first it was a, green light, yellow light, or red light. And, and the green light was, you know, recommendation, hire. Yeah. The yellow light was recommend with caution, and the red light was do not hire. Yeah. But really, the, the graph was all about the different skill sets that they had and then where you can work with them to improve them. So whether that would be on the financial side or the, the finance budgeting side or whether that was on the customer service side or whether that was on a company internal relations side you knew what you were getting or at least you at least it was a snapshot of that well and the other one is i think you have to make sure that you a leadership skill you learn is don't hire people like you yeah yeah you want i want people that are smarter than me right and don't think like me because i don't want yes people right those are the worst because then you 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 all will jump off the cliff together without a parachute yeah and it's kind of that reality you've got to be able to say yeah, that one's smarter than me and not be threatened by it. And that's yeah. kind of what I talked about earlier yeah. about replacing you. It's like if you're cultivating somebody to replace you, it's like you got to have the confidence. Well, if they do, then I have another opportunity. Yeah. Versus the, well, no, job security. I've seen some over the years as job security is, well, if I keep it all to myself, yeah, then I'll be invaluable. Right. And we, none of us are. And that's all, not, and that doesn't build well for the spirit of culture no. either. No. Where people are feel like they can be owners. Right. Uh, great. Uh, all right. Uh, so, um, two, two last questions. Sure. One is how did, uh, and this goes back because we were in the same class, but, um, how did Alignment Leadership impact your world? And, um, would you recommend that for, uh, folks that, uh, are now entering into the workforce today in the, in the Lima area? I, yeah, I think it was a great experience besides you were there, but other than that, <laughs> I mean, but the reality was, I think it, Again, I was born and raised here, but coming back here, there were things I did not know. I agree. I and agree. I still probably don't know. Yeah. It's kind of that you kind of lead your life in this avenue or this. And Alan Leadership gave me a, a broader look at what we've got. And also built the relationships with people so that yeah. down the road, you can still you know who they are. You can still go through that discussion with them and stuff. But it, yeah. it builds a network. And that's kind of where I, mean, I encourage people who aren't from Lima. It's a great opportunity for them to, to begin the networking yeah, and that's it's huge in terms I, of what you've got. In I agree, of, and it's making the time commitment to do it. Yes, and that's kind of and it's not that much time when people think about well, no, you spend a lot more time doing other stuff. It's yeah, perfect in terms of doing that. But I again, strongly encourage. I've always been a supporter of it. It's kind yeah. of one of those that it's it's important that you become again back part of the community. Being part of the community yeah. needs understanding the community. Yeah, I like I like your thought there. The responsibility, the social responsibility right. too. Yeah, I always tell people it's a little like uh, mass or church, uh, if you will, that you don't always want to go, but once you come out of it, yeah. you feel really good about it. Yeah. And I think that's what the all program is, is sure. that you're not, you know, you, some people look at it as go, man, I'm going to have to catch up after that Friday. But 
once you've gone through it that day on that Friday, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it really feels good following it. And then once you've graduated and you have that class for a long, long time, I think, I think that's very, that's very impactful. I was, and it's been how many years now, 19 years since our, we yeah. graduated and stuff. Yeah. I was actually at lunch the other day citing a couple of the visits we took in Allen Lyman Leadership. Oh, wow. And that's 19 years later. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It's you're, like, you're, wow, do you know that we did this? And yeah. then we went to this farm, we did this. We, exactly. And it's like, well, I said, I guess it stuck. It's kind of one of those things, it, whether you whether you wanted it to or not, right, it did. Right, No, that's so, very, that's very well said. I remember doing the, the ropes challenge yeah. out there and stuff, and I was afraid of heights. Exactly, exactly. And, I, and Tilly was my partner person and stuff, and I climbed up there shaking like a leaf. And I, to this day, I don't know why I did it. But Isn't that great? But it was like... The, the encouragement and everything else that got you through it. Exactly. So you did stuff that you weren't comfortable doing. But. That, that's really well said. Yeah, no, the, all of those experiences, uh, I look back on and what you said that, you know, growing up in Lima myself and then moving away for quite some yeah. time, I did think I knew everything. Yeah. And you don't, you really don't know much no. uh, when it when it shakes no. out. Well, you don't know the inner workings. You don't know, you know, yeah. the, the judicial system, the, this, yeah. it's kind of that. Yeah. And it's important to know that it's all part of our community and who we are. Right. No, that's very well said. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, what can the good people of West Central Ohio expect from your team and Lima Memorial Health System uh, in the next decade? I think as a reminder for everybody, as a not-for-profit, we're, we're a community asset and we're the only local owned and controlled health system. So it's kind of one of those, every dollar we generate, everything we do stays here. So what I th- would anticipate you'll see us continue to grow and provide the services that we need to provide to our um, people in the community. Yeah, very good. Mike, it's a pleasure. Uh, always good to see you. And yeah. thanks thanks for your your continued support of all and uh, continued support of uh, our community. Uh, you're also a big uh, 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 proponent and uh, stakeholder in the youth program. Right. And I'm, I'm proud to tell you that uh, uh, it's, really, it's really well spent dollars because right. they are terrific young folks and the hope is is that we're able to give them a pathway going forward uh, that will lead to some of the things that you've just talked about about being owners and not renters and being socially responsible and uh, so we thank you very much for all of that. I'm glad to have you. I, I proposed the youth one too. My three kids graduated from that too. That's so. great. Well you have great kids and I always uh, remember talking to is Alex. Yeah, uh, yep. uh, every time I go through the Dairy King I'd always say Nadal or Federer? And his answer was always the same. Federer. Federer. Yeah. Still always will be. Yeah. Mike, thank you very much. Appreciate it.